0: Welcome to Beyond Dollars and Cents. I'm your host, Dr. Lyle Bolin, and I hope you enjoy this limited edition podcast of the Bolin's Alley series. You can find out more about us at Alleninvestments.com. You know, what i kind of like to encourage you to do today is think about starting a brand new season. Depending on when you hear this, we may be approaching fall, we may be approaching winter, and I know you're going to love to listen to this over and over, so you're probably going to listen to this once when we're approaching spring and once when we're approaching summer. I think that gives you at least four times to listen to this. That should be about right.
1: That sounds reasonable yeah, to me. that sounds
0: reasonable. But each time, whenever you do hear this, you're always approaching a new season. And we're always approaching a new season in life. And it's a time to think about a fresh start no matter what the calendar may tell you. So as you hear this, I want you to think about doing a reset. Okay? If you're hearing this and we're in the middle of hurricane season, we can often lose sight of what our long-range vision is because we're so worried about the nearsightedness of what may be happening on the horizon. You can't ignore what's on the horizon, Right, only at your own risk. No,
1: many many people have tried, but
0: yeah, you should not do that. But so, if you're getting ready to take a trip, let's say perchance you are getting ready to head to Alaska because you've always gone to Alaska. Can can anybody
2: relate? Can you relate to that? I sure can. I'm is Going it, to Alaska in a couple a uh, couple weeks here. See, so look at that. So now, as as that is. First and front
0: and foremost in your brain, everything is about getting ready for that trip. I'm planning for that trip. I'm going to have fun on that trip. There's going to be a new adventure.
1: And, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, as we talk about this reset, you've been planning this for quite some time, right, John? So. Oh, you... yeah.
2: This yeah. has been booked since, I believe, like no uh, December of last year. So serious yeah. planning. Yeah, serious planning. We're getting down to the nitty-gritty now. We're he... buying stuff on Amazon and doing it.
0: Yeah. And so... And, and then think about things if you've had to delay them sometimes, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I've got a real close friend who retired a couple of years ago and has this trip. He's a golfer. So okay. he has this trip planned to Scotland two years ago. Guess what was happening the summer of 2020 when that was supposed to happen? <sighs>
2: hmm. I can't imagine anything really big going on. <laughs>
0: Because COVID completely <laughs> shut down. Yeah.
1: There was nothing going on. That was the point. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I think the
1: point was nothing. Exactly. exactly. Was nothing.
0: And so he didn't get to take this trip of a lifetime that was a start of a new season for him as he was entering retirement. Oh. And so they pushed it back to the summer of 2021 which we then had a new outbreak last summer.
1: More more nothing.
0: More nothing.
1: Yeah, lots of nothing.
0: More nothing. <laughs> and now here we are in 2022, two years later, and he's finally going to get to take this trip. Wow. So part of what is the issue when you have this new season is you, that you can get so excited about something, but then storms come, pandemics come, Life gets in the way. How do you adapt to that? How do you overcome sort of the, either the disappointment or the the ups and downs that can happen to you just in everyday life?
1: So the the big question is you're excited about the reset. You're ready to move forward, fresh start, and now reality. Reality kicks in. And how do we each handle that reality? Yes. Because there's no one clear path in dealing with reality, Unle- unless you know something I don't know, John.
2: I'll tell you after the show.
1: Okay, thanks. Okay, <laughs> uh,
2: you know I would carve out two or three minutes if you really had a nugget here. Uh, you know it's just, it's very privileged knowledge. I mean, <laughs> okay. It's behind okay. a paywall. We'll talk Man, about it. All right. Okay. I can see there's dollar signs associated
3: with this, so I will
2: I will go
0: ahead on with this. Okay. So so let's let's back up, and we're gonna we're gonna now take a little trip, and and let's for your sake let's. Let's head to Alaska. Let's do it. And just for imagination's sake, let's also pretend that we're going with him. Okay. As we listen in, we're also preparing. And now we're in the airport and we're sitting and we're watching all the weather that's on all the monitors. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'll be darned if there's not storm clouds directly between us and where we're going to land first.
3: Mm.
0: Picture yourself now. Your mind's going to go through the battery of questions. All right, will my flight get delayed? Will I make any connecting flights? Are we going to fly over the storm? Are we going to try to fly around the storm? What if this storm comes in and... It hits my house. What if I have a tree fall on my house while I'm in the airport getting ready to go somewhere? So much uncertainty. But the one thing you can see (laughs) on the radar, there's a line of storms between us and them. And now our main focus is on the pilot. All right? You board the plane. The pilot gets on the intercom to let you know he will indeed be flying or she will indeed be flying around these biggest thunderclouds that are over 35,000 feet. We're going to avoid the worst of the turbulence. If it had only been 20,000 feet, we would have flown over them. But to be safe, your pilot will adjust your flight plan accordingly. The pilot does this in just a few minutes. And you're on your way. Your destination. The good news is, it doesn't appear to be a hurricane like the one that you did survive two or three years ago. And when it comes to flying, you trust your pilot and the plane that you're flying on, right? I,
1: well, I yeah, absolutely. I'm not getting on a plane that I, I hope don't. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't. I would rather not see yeah. the pilot. I think that's probably yeah. just he's coming know with that his, he. Uh, he knows what he's doing. He right. knows it's what he's doing. Blind right. trust.
0: And and he knows how to fly the particular type of plane that you're flying.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: He knows the route. He knows where you're going to try to land. You know, he knows the actual destination where we're heading. And so, we're going to take a little break here. But I want you to be thinking about before we when we come back. What if you had a financial advisor as your pilot and a financial plan that you put together is to safely help you reach your particular destination? How do we go about doing that? And how is that like making a flight to a trip that we always wanted to make in Alaska? We'll be back in just a minute. Welcome back to Beyond Dollars and Cents. I'm your host, Dr. Lyle Bolin. And again, I hope you have a chance to enjoy uh, Bolin's Alley series that uh, that this is one of those. Uh, before the break, uh, we're, we're on a trip. We're getting ready to go to Alaska, right? Mm-hmm. And there's storms between us and where we're trying to get. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things was, was having that pilot that guides the plane, that knows whether we can go through it, around it. And and there's times where we have to sort of think about other things in our life. And the thing I asked you to think about was sort of your financial plan. Now, everybody has their own level of risk aversion, what I like to call their sleep quotient. Okay. Mm-hmm which means that if you're worried about what you're doing with your money and you can't sleep well at night, then it's too, probably too risky Right. <laughs> if you can't go to sleep. Everybody's different. Mm-hmm. Everybody's different. So you have to really be honest with yourself kind of where that risk trade-off is in your life. Mm-hmm. It applies to how you think about your money. It applies to how you think about your job. It applies how you think about your friends. Mm-hmm. You know, how do, you, how do you find those individuals that are going to help guide you along? Do you do it on your own? Are you going to, in this case, um, are you going to hop in a car that you rent, that you don't own, and you're going to drive it to Alaska? Hmm. Does that add any level of risk to your trip that you're going to be taking?
2: I think so. Yeah, I would say so.
1: I think risk of losing your girlfriend would be
3: number one. <laughs>
2: yeah, Because
1: that's yeah. a long – I mean, seriously. Yes. When you think about that, if you're with a traveling companion, yeah. that's a lot of time.
2: Sure. You know, spent hanging out, yeah.
1: Well, <laughs> <and> <laughs> on the road. I sure. mean, just, yeah. that's hard. So it
2: is. yeah. That, yeah. That, time I spent think... one-on-one with me is, is, is tough time spent, absolutely. Well,
1: yeah. <laughs> Not quite where I was going, but thank you for confessing.
0: Well, and that puts a whole nother spin on almost any event that you're doing, doesn't it? Because there's very few things that you do in life that only affect you.
1: Right. I don't know of anything that only affects me anymore.
0: Mm. And And so as we're looking for these different ways of whether it's our finances, whether it's our relationships, whether it's our work, we're not doing this in isolation. Right. And so I think one of the things that, that I like to have us think about is this whole area, if I can segue from this for a minute, to, to kind of this idea of service and being good stewards, right? I know my background was in, in retail for almost 15 years. Mm-hmm. Loved working in the grocery business. Absolutely loved it. I, I would get in trouble now and then. I was, lived up in Iowa at the time. And one of the stores in Des Moines, Iowa, was where I was at. It was near the airport. And uh, I loved produce. That was the area I worked in. I was in produce. And so I loved trying to, all the customers, 90% of them were women. Mm -hmm. I love finding out what is it you're wanting to fix. You know, I find out about their families. I'd say, all right, what are you trying to do? What do you want to fix? Well, you may not want to buy the tomatoes this week. They're not. Real good, but on the other hand, we've got some really great fresh cantaloupe that's in that you might like. I mean, I, I was always trying to help them. I was, mm-hmm. I was also selling produce, but I was always trying to help them find out what they liked to fix. And so if I knew somebody really liked a particular thing when they'd come in and it was good, I would make sure they would know that, right? right? Well, on the one hand, I was generating sales that way, but I also really cared about what they wanted. Now, unfortunately, my wife, we'd be walking in the mall every now and again, um, and she would say, somebody would say, hi, Lyle, how are you? And then I'd go, you know, we'd go to the next door and we'd go out and the next, another lady would say, hi, Lyle, how are you? She'd stop one day, she I swear you know every woman that lives on the south side of Des Moines. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: uh,
0: I swear, they're oh, all <laughs> from the grocery store, baby. <laughs> oh, <it's food laughs> and
3: fruits and vegetables, yeah. I promise.
0: <laughs> and fortunately, she knew that was the truth. But, uh, yeah, back then, as you may have guessed that I would do a podcast, I was not ever particularly shy about answering questions When and, and being a little more power. And so one of the local TV stations that was near where I used to work in one of the cities always knew if anything happened in, nationally in produce, they could always come and ask me and they'd get a quote for their evening news because you have to fill X amount of time on the news, right? I mean,
1: you really, like, were the, the produce guy. I was the produce like, guy. a big in, in deal this, in this, in, well, I
0: don't know about big deal.
1: Well, but, they're getting national quotes from you.
0: Well, they'd have a national lead in story. So okay. let's say the lettuce in California was rusty because it had too much rain. And right. so they'd lead with the story on a lettuce going out. And then they'd say yes, and now we're going to talk to local produce manager from the High V. Lyle Boland talking about this, and then and then Boland says da 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 da. And so I'd be on several times a year whenever anything because they knew that they'd get a good quote out of me, right?
1: So I just want to interject one thing for our audience. Um, both Lyle and I are from the Midwest, and so we get this. <laughs> this makes great sense to us.
2: Yeah, I'm from Miami. You're- I'm like, who the heck is talking to the local produce guy about the status of Yannis? I mean,
1: so, like, it was not uncommon no. in in Minnesota either. No. I mean, the, that, like, produce is a big deal. Yeah. Seriously.
3: Okay. I <laughs> mean, our,
1: so I just want our audience to yes. be brought along with that. And this was
0: in the late 70s, early 80s. Okay. Yeah. And, Slow and, day. Yeah, you. yeah. And, and it would be funny because I had my sister also happened to live in the same town, and we'd go over there, and, and her husband, who was an engineer— we say, yeah, saw the news last night. Bolin says, Bolin says. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, the thing is, is that retail fosters that sort of, one, you want to help people make good decisions in areas that you've developed an expertise. Right. And you want to serve them well. I mean, I literally took pleasure in doing that. I mean, that was, that was fun. And so let me let me make one more thing that I was also doing back in those days that I don't do anymore, is I ran long distance a lot. I love going out and running for an hour or two. And after about 30 or 40 minutes, you'd get this great runner's high. You know, you just, it feels great. Now, nobody who's ever done that understands how you can ever have a runner's high. After
1: two hours of running. <laughs> yeah, when you're out yeah. there running.
0: But but people that have been, that are runners know what that is. And it's it's that... It's that feeling that the miles are flowing, and and that's the feeling I want you to l- learn to have when you're serving others, is that that joy in serving, okay? Service can mean to serve your customer, whoever that may be, but if you're going to be a good steward, I think we need a different definition of service, because what I want is to instill a love of service in areas where you find a deep satisfaction of serving.
1: So it's not just about providing a solution. Right. Okay. Because I think a lot of times people can get caught up in service versus providing a solution. I think one has a warmer feel to me. I mean that from in terms of how I would define that. And the other is kind of a check the box. Yeah. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. No, it does. And it's. I guess the best way I can describe it is, you have to believe other people are worth being served. I mean, you really have to believe that.
1: I I think before you believe that, I think just my personal opinion, you have to believe. I think there has to be some internal belief structure that has to take place before you can even give to that level. Do, am I? You know, you know where I'm going with are that. You,
0: are you reading my notes again? No, I'm not
1: reading your notes. But, mm-hmm. but I mean, I think in order to give, um, you have to. I think there's preparation that has to go. Yeah. On yeah. My individual. next, my
0: next sentence that I had written down on this is: we have to learn to give of ourselves to others. Okay. Well, there you go. Look at that. naked ahead, Robin. <laughs> I know. I, well, you know, I'm, I'm I can't speechless. be invited back. I'm. I'm. <laughs> I can see that now. I, no, but and it is, and I think part of part of what I think I want to try to encourage in in all of these different podcasts that we do is that every individual has an enormous ability to serve other people. No matter what their circumstances are, it's 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 inherent in who we are and who we're in part of community. We're in a very diverse community, and we all have abilities to serve in so many different ways. That we, and we have to stay in those areas where we like to serve, and, and, and then everything meshes together. You, you look, at, look at what John can do for, for all of us in being able to get the message out. This message goes nowhere without somebody that has the skill that you have, John, that's right. It doesn't. And and you're really good at it, and I would guess because you're really good at it, you probably really enjoy it.
2: I would say so, yeah.
0: Now it doesn't mean everything you do every day is is going to be enjoyable, but but you see value in what you're being able to offer that other people gain.
1: It's a trade off too. Absolutely. Because for for the gains versus the days that aren't so good. Absolutely. Obviously. The gains clearly outweigh.
0: But but what I want to try to encourage uh, is that as you think about areas that you have the ability to serve, Mm -hmm. do you also have the desire to serve there? Because it's it's both of those in combination that's going to make it successful. I was going
1: to ask you about fostering. If we are inherently that is within us, um, how then is it fostered because... When I look around, I don't necessarily see a lot of that going on.
0: Well, you you know what I'm saying. When when we come back from the break, I'm going to talk a little bit about some of what I think might be part of the issues, and maybe offer some ideas or try to get some ideas that can help serve that. So uh, this this is a good time for a break. Let's take a break, and we'll be back in just one minute here on Beyond Dollars and Cents. Welcome back to Beyond Dollars and Cents. I'm your host, Dr. Lyle Boland, and I encourage you to uh, listen and a bit more of Bolin's Alley series that we're doing here. Hope you're enjoying it. I know I am having some great conversation here, trying to pick things up. We were talking about sort of the the need to, to serve and and sort of the internal joy, bliss, maybe, that you can get from the ability to do that. Let me, let me take you back 20-some years now to when the Internet was starting and really catching on. Okay. All right? And back then, there was a lot about the shift between clicks or bricks when it came to stores. You had the Internet that was starting. You had the Amazons. You had some online businesses, Right where you would click to order online. Now, again, I'm going back to when this wasn't common. This was just starting. Okay. But you still had all of the major malls that had the, the bricks, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And so I'm going to pick on particular. I'm going to click on bookstores. Okay. Well, once Amazon really got rolling, the other storefront chains like Barnes & Noble and Borders and books a million and many others really were starting to struggle. And so then they started to add their own online presence. And the one of the ones that, that I always was amazed at that they didn't continue to do for long. In fact, I'm not even going to mention which one it was to cause it's, it was rather embarrassing that what they were doing. So I'll not mention who it was, but this one particular large chain had launched their website to where you could buy books online, but they would not allow their permanent brick store to accept a return.
1: Ooh, that was a bad
0: plan. So you get something that was damaged, right? Let's say it was damaged or they send the wrong book. You couldn't go to your local bookstore with the same name. <laughs> This <laughs> is the website. That even you with the
1: receipt, even with the even receipt. with the
2: receipt. Wow, seems ridiculous this day and age. It, yeah, Gosh,
1: especially 20 years ago. Just as we're walking backwards in time, Target used to take back anything from anyone, and I am using a name. Literally, you could buy something at Walmart, and Target would take it back. Do you remember that? Absolutely. And then,
2: that seems preposterous. <laughs> but it, uh, that does seem preposterous.
1: But that was the truth, which is diametrically opposite of what you're talking about with this brick and click situation and, with the bookstore.
0: And 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 why do you suppose it was? Who was it that was causing this to not happen? It was the manager of those stores that didn't. Sure, want to take because
1: they felt like that would be a hit on their bottom line, right? They, and it and, was
0: then. It actually there was no way set up. To then funnel that back to the online branch of the business. They took the hit.
1: So the accounting structure wasn't in place to be able to offset and exactly. send it back.
0: Because it okay. was so new that they had never really stopped to think about how they could handle it.
1: Publicly traded? Possibly. Okay, just curious. Possibly. I'm going to look it up after podcasting. And,
0: and so what... What this organization really failed to understand, even though there was a legitimate accounting issue,
3: mm-hmm.
0: was that did they, were they really in the business to serve their customers or not?
1: What were they really selling? What, what were they
0: really selling?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And Books or customer or, or relationships.
0: Or relationships. Mm-hmm. And, and so what happened is that now you've got clicks and bricks. Almost everybody that still has a storefront also has an online presence.
3: presence. Mm
0: -hmm. Now, here's the new dilemma. You've got all these major chains that are out there that have declining business maybe because uh, certain stores don't get as much traffic now, particularly with what we've seen in COVID. So the traffic is down. Mm -hmm. And so do they close some of these stores or not? And they're thinking about: Do I close the store because I've got? They can go online and get my stuff now, right? So Reduced I, overhead. Reduced overhead. Mm-hmm. Do I really need this store in this location?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, interestingly enough, what they've sort of discovered is that when they've closed a store in a location, the individuals in that particular market actually reduce what they were buying online
1: because Makes they're sense. not being served.
0: Mm-hmm. They feel
1: alienated and abandoned. Yes. Yeah. So, well, and I mean, there's a million directions you can go with this, but for today's purpose,
0: we're talking about service. We're talking about service. Mm -hmm. And so rather than, if I put on my old thinking cap back in the days when I used to work with businesses, rather than close a location, I would find a way to reduce my footprint. If I was 60,000 square feet, maybe I only need 20,000 square feet. But I have people in there that are still there to serve their customers, and I don't close the location. It's it's that combination of clicks and bricks that makes it work. Well, what we tend to have happen now if we think about how many people are online on social networks that didn't used to exist.
3: Hmm.
1: Everybody.
0: Everybody, right? They Everybody. Start long everybody is out there now are there people out there that get so tied in to just their social networks that they quit having hardly any other interaction with anybody other than those people on the social networks
2: uh, yeah <laughs> I was just gonna say I think this is
1: a I think this is a John question because I think it does. I think the answer to the question is based on the generation, what yes. demographic you are. Yeah. Yes,
2: less so millennials. I know I, I, I have a couple of Gen Z family members where it's like they are inside all of the time, like all their friends are like Xbox friends and online friends and
1: the Gen know, Zers.
2: Oh yeah, hundred percent. Much more. More much than, than the millennials,
1: 100%. really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would not. Because uh, their that.
2: entire existence has been online. At least millennials. I mean, I'm I was born. I'm, I'm a late millennial. I was born in '93, so I do remember a time before interactive online, you know, play, or right? Whatever. So I had I've made friends. I developed those social interactions, and I like to think I have some level of social, you know, uh, capital. I guess.
1: So would you say it's the early gen, Gen Xers, Gen
2: Z? You mean? Gen Zs. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah, Gen Z's the yeah the the ones who are have grown up entirely on the internet and have had the internet more or less at their disposal since their uh, not to say their inception but since they became you know worldly beings
1: old enough yeah. to hold hold a phone in their hand.
0: Correct.
2: They
1: they have
0: become. They have developed clicks through clicks. Yeah. And there's no more bricks, and so part of what I think we've seen that has. Hurt our ability to become better stewards. Is this that we get so locked in on our one group now through this online through all of our social networks that we don't ever see diverse, different opinions, Mm -hmm. and we don't think about others different from us that we have things that we could do to help serve them that would be a benefit for everybody because we tend not to expand in that community part has broken down because now your community has become very narrow and it's become a social network and it's become on the internet and it's not developing the interpersonal relationships that really are part of a community.
1: Which is interesting to me because um, that generation in particular has literally the world at their fingertips.
3: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: So they have all the access that any generation has ever had and yet it's very narrow
0: very narrow
1: so i mean and maybe you don't have the answer to this is the online community is the online community more singular or are there multiple online communities that because i look at my kids who are like kind of cuspers i guess mm-hmm. and i can see a little of it in both of them sure but I think they have more than one online community. Yes. and both of them are still graced with some you know, social yeah. <laughs> acumen as yeah. well. But. And, and I think
0: one of the solutions that, that I think might work is that you we need to find ways for these social networks to help connect us in the local community and not just those with similar views. That's, that's where that next level of service. Could actually come from. There's, there's an old saying that you stay in your lane.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: But if you take it in the wrong situation, staying in your lane can get you in a lot of trouble. Because what if you're not in the lane you're supposed to be in? This would be a good time to take a little break as we ponder that situation. So we'll be right back to Beyond Dollars and Cents here in just one minute. Welcome back to Beyond Dollars and Cents. I'm your host, Dr. Lyle Boland, in this Boland's Alley series here, and hope you're hope you're enjoying the day. Um, we've we've kind of been talking about service and the importance of that, and how how you have pilots in in your life in different areas. And at this point, we're probably somewhere up over the Midwest as we've cleared the thunderstorms. We haven't got to Alaska yet, but maybe by the time this last segment's over, we'll actually have landed this plane and at least John, will be able to actually be able to, to enjoy the weather in Alaska. I hope so. <laughs> well, part of, part of the, the argument on, with social networks, that to finish up what we we're talking about, is we need to find that it's, it's not enough to really want to serve others. You have to figure out how to serve, and sometimes that means you've got to put yourself in somebody else's shoes to get that.
1: Sometimes or all the time. Well, okay. If you're serving, oh,
0: okay. you have to put yourself in All the time.
1: All the time,
0: yep. And and that's one of the dilemmas. If you're just in a, a narrow social network, that you don't necessarily ever see how to do that. Because the other people's shoes you're in are just like your shoes.
1: Interesting, okay.
0: And so what I want to try to encourage people to do is is don't fall into that trap. There's so much amazing areas that we can serve in that we maybe haven't even thought about serving.
1: Find a new pair of shoes.
0: Find a new pair of shoes. Mm -hmm. Find a new pair of shoes. That's the first place I want you to go when you get off the airplane. (laughs) Whether it's online or at a real store, I want you to find a new pair of shoes. Gotcha. One of the dilemmas, by the way, that, that we fall into is... Not or not staying in our own lane, mm-hmm. or being in the right lane. And um, my freshman year in college, I, I had uh, an Orthodox Jew as a roommate, and I had never, uh, growing up uh, as a Protestant, I had never really learned a lot about the Old Testament and and really gotten into deep into the into the Hebrew traditions. And that was an amazing year that that I learned a lot spending time with him. Uh, talking about the differences and, and really learning about the traditions. And there's another another individual over the years, Rabbi Daniel Lapin. He writes a lot about business, actually. But he's written a lot about Jewish tradition and how its meaning still has relevance today. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend you, you find he's still out there writing, and I've been following him for probably 30 or 40 years. And one example that I really like that he's talked about in the past is how individuals can make mistakes in their jobs and in their everyday lives. And it actually comes from Leviticus. So while we're in flight, we've got a little bit of time to pull open, uh, go open, find our Bible that works, find a Bible, download one if you don't have one, and now we're going to go out to Leviticus and we're going to see if we can make some sense out of this. All right? And the types of mistakes that these two people made are the kind of mistakes that have actually bankrupted companies in the past. So we're gonna go back and we're gonna be talking about Aaron, all right? And Aaron was one of the high priests, right? And his sons, Nadab and Abihu, in this particular case, took their censors, C-E-N-S-E-R-S, <laughs> different kind of censor put fire in them, added incense, and then they offered unauthorized fire before the Lord, contrary to his command. So fire came out from the presence of the Lord and consumed them, and they died before the Lord. I have paraphrased the international version the new international version here but this this straight out of leviticus now nadab and abihu's sin was that everything they did was wrong <laughs> they were the wrong people to be handling the incense and presenting it to god it was a task that was specifically given to aaron they used the wrong instruments their own censers and not the censer of the high priest that was sanctified by the special anointing oil. They acted at the wrong time, for it was only on the annual Day of Atonement that the high priest was allowed to take incense into the Holy of Holies, and then only after a special ritual. They acted wrong under the authority because they did not consult with Moses or Aaron, and they did not seek to follow the word of God. Heck, they didn't even use the right kind of fire. The high priest was commanded to burn the incense on coals taken from the brazen altar. But hey, these two supplied their own fire. They, you know, look at us. They acted from the wrong motives. They didn't seek to glorify God alone. And a good argument can be made that they did this as a willful act of pride. They were promoting themselves as important. Now, let's jump to the future, put away our story from Leviticus, and think about what do so many middle managers that are tempted to do without the direction of their CFO or CEOs in business? Go rogue. They want to appear important. Right. They're trying to get a promotion. Attention. They want their attention. So they do things for the wrong motives and then they justify them by rationalizing that their actions had been taken by the CFO or the CEO in the past. So it must be okay. Do you see the disconnect here? Their behavior is only driven by their egos to appear important. They're not serving their companies. Mm. They're serving themselves. So when I talked about earlier, that I wanted you to be in somebody else's shoes. It wasn't to do what you didn't have authority to do for yourself, Mm -hmm. but to do that to understand how you could better serve those whose shoes you think you're in. And that's what I don't think we do enough of today as we get too narrow in our definition of who we're going to talk to how our social networks work how we find our pilots
3: mm-hmm.
0: that are going to help steer us around the turbulence of everyday life we we worry about the other passenger that's just like us <laughs> rather than how do we help serve the other people and how do we become a pilot to somebody that needs us
1: i think that's the best way to put it
3: yeah
0: so it's a serious thing to be a true servant. It really is. It's it's not something that you should take lightly, I don't think. So give it some thought. You know, you have to make choices in your life and in your organization and as you plan your trips.
1: Well, serving isn't easy. No. And when it's when things aren't easy, you lose a lot of people.
0: And, and part of start to understand human behavior, right? We want to be needed. We we want to help others, but sometimes we it, it becomes all about us. Mm-hmm. And as long as it's about us, that's when you can make what appears to be a good decision that really isn't a good decision. And so it's what the path that I hope you'll think about isn't necessarily an easy one. But it's a path that I think is important to really learn, to expand. I don't care how old you are. We were talking about a lot of the Gen Zers that only live in a social network. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm talking about somebody with me at the back end of a baby boomer Mm -hmm. that has my own biases of what I look at, Mm -hmm. right? And so no matter where you are in life, there are others that we can serve across age groups, across diversity And that we are meant to be able to to find where we can be a pilot in their lives and where they can be a pilot in ours. And as we've made this flight across the country now, and we're thinking about our advisors, and we're thinking about our pilots, we're now ready to make that final approach. We see the beautiful mountains up ahead. We're getting ready to land in a new environment we're going to have a new life we're going to have a new adventure we're going to have a new season let it be a profitable one thank you for joining us today if you'd like to see more like this podcast please go to please go to bullinsalley at
2: alleninvestments.com have a great day The opinions voiced in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult with an appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision. Guests appearing on the show and their respective companies are not affiliated with LPL Financial and Allen & Company. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor. Member FINRA SIPC.